got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It. Cut To It. Let's get down to it. Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Cause you know it's on. Well, what's up, guys? Uh, flying solo today. Unfortunately, Gerard is not here. Um, he has some uh, some obligations. Don't fret. He is not moving on, any of that. He just, um, my man busy. Got some family stuff going on, so... Um, <clears throat> Fly, flying solo today, um, been interesting. So, uh, gonna add backstage Joe to the mix to kind of make sure um, I'm not completely flying blind. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well, Steve. How about you? Uh, not too bad. So, listen, you know, a uh, couple of months here, I, you know, I've been really took the summer. We took the summer off, um, preparing for season two, and started to get some books. I got this thing called Table Topics, a mm. friend of mine. So I got all these topics, and I got this little book. And this book is called The Complete Life's Life Instruction Book. Ooh. And it has up to, last page, 1,560 little instructions. That's a lot of life lessons right there. So I'll go through one, uh, 1554 through 1560. Fight, f- fight fairly. Give generously. Laugh loudly. Love deeply. Plant more flowers than you pick. Remember that all important truths, truths are simple and include your parents in your prayers. Hmm. That's pretty good. But let me tell you the quote. That really has quote number 646. 646. Let's hear it. I've heard this before, but I've never really been able to apply it. So I'm going to apply it. This quotation tickles me pink. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm all about it. All right. Sure. I think. No. No, I'm good. Okay. Buy a used car with the same caution... A naked man uses to climb a barbed wire fence. Oh, boy. 
A lot of interpretations there. A lot of them. So as I break this down, buying a used car, which is basically pay attention to everything. Yep. But the illustration of the caution, because we all know, not just in your private areas, but just everywhere, to get over a bobbed wire fence butt naked is a skill that very few people have. I would, I would, I would say it's a fair statement. Not a lot of folks doing that. Not a lot. I'm not sure if I've seen it either. <laughs> well, you know, in, in reading the quote, like, I may not know if that used car has something wrong with it after a couple of months, but I'm going to tell you what, you're going to know right away climbing that barbed wire fence if you ain't got any clothes on. That's true. The question is, you also, here's the question. Would you find out, like the car, that something's broke during or after you hit the ground? Hmm. I, my, <laughs> my assumption would be, depending upon what part of that car or your body is broken or impaled, you, you might know right away, but, but, but you might not. So to this day, uh, you can't see it as much, but I, in my la left quad, I used to have two lines, two scars, because a friend of mine, his name was Ricky, um, he had, they, we would play hide-go-seek, mm -hmm. and there was, they had, I don't know why, but they had barbed wire to keep people from climbing their trees in their yard, because I would imagine a lot of people climb, climb people's trees inside the fenced-in yard anyway. Um, Were you clothed? I had on shorts. That's clothed. And I jumped out of the tree and did not see the barbed wire, and it sliced my leg. Well, first of all, I'm glad you said upper quad and not thigh. That makes it two guys talking a little bit easier. So thank you for saying upper quad. It's very masculine of you, so I appreciate that. What was I supposed to say? Upper quad. Oh. I didn't need thigh. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's how us guys do. But So the question was, did you know you were scratched or impaled by that barbed wire oh, right immediately. away? immediately. Okay. Yes, immediately. What, no, maybe a little bit later, some blood it was, trickling? It, no, it was no delay. It was no, you know, baby felt the hot stove. Three seconds after, it was, it was immediate. Right now, yes, Ooh. like burning. <laughs> when I was a kid, man, I had a lot of. Uh, I didn't get a lot of tetanus shots, but I probably should have had a few of them. I stepped on a nail one time on my big toe. Whew. That's that's why we had Ben Gay. We talked about that before. That fixed nah, everything, didn't it? That Ben Gay wasn't no, wasn't hitting on it. <laughs> nah, it was on my big toe too. I remember I had to practice. I was oof. Didn't get, didn't go to the doctor, any of that. So. Rub dirt on it? Nah. That didn't help either? Uh-uh. <laughs> Not with a rusty nail. Nuts. No dirt. I'm going to go with that. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, who we got? Coming up next on the Cut To It podcast, we have Marquee Sports Network's Cole Wright. Cole has worked all over Major League Baseball in several roles and also spent some time with the NFL Network. Cole is currently with the Chicago Cubs on their pre- and post-game show, and he's one of the close friends of Cut To It. Cole Wright on the Cut To It podcast. Glad that you guys have me on, and uh, good to see you again as always. Joe, nice to meet you, man. It's, nice to meet you, Cole. It's my pleasure, no doubt about it. Miss you guys, man, no doubt. Yeah, I miss you too, man. I, uh, I'm coming out there in, uh, in a couple of weeks, so maybe we'll grab dinner. Cole, our first section here is called Get Iced Up. Steve makes these questions up. We don't know what's coming. I have no idea. So, as he always says, buckle up, buttercup, and let's get to it. You ready? Okay. Let's roll, guys. All right. What's your favorite quotation? Ooh. You know what? I feel like if I, if I have to have one favorite quotation, it's uh, you don't have to get ready when you stay ready. Ooh. You know, as, as, as crazy as it sounds, and it does sound somewhat cliche, if you put in that work and you're always ready when it comes to preparation, I feel like when your number is called, mm. there won't be as much scrambling. 
you know, you're if, if like it's it's it is exactly what it is. If you if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, and that's, and that's what we see. Okay, who's the most optimistic person you know? Wow, I don't know. That's a that's a tough one, man. Um, I mean, can I say myself? Maybe I like to say I'm, I'm I'm somewhat of a hater, but I feel like you, you have to be a little bit of a hater when 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 you have you know your ideas and you have your thought processes. But I like to stay optimistic, like even with my little one. I always tell her, I'm like, if, if you think you can get it done, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And that's kind of how I've always operated because, mm. you know, when I was younger, you know, I, I talk fast, Steve. You've been around me plenty of times, man. I like to I like to speak at a at a heightened clip. And, you know, every once in a while, a stutter will come in. And, uh, you know, back in, in, in the younger days, you know, I, I, like, I like to fancy the expletives. So everyone would always say, man, you're never going to be on TV. You know, it's it's it, how are you gonna do that with all the stuttering and, and all, all the uh, all the all the words that come out that you need to put a dollar in the swear jar? But I, I just I just feel like I try to remain optimistic and I always had to try to have a positive mindset. So mm. maybe if I had to go with someone else by default, I'd go with my daughter. She tries to stay positive, and I feel like that's uh, just because of some of the seeds that I've planted with her at a young age. Okay. So everybody in the whole in the Cole Wright household is optimistic. I like that. We, we try to be. We try to be. Not not always, but like I said, my wife says uh, I'm I'm the biggest hater in the house. But it's like Ooh. I only hate so everyone gets better. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 pessimistic, Paul. Half the time, I'm always no. <laughs> but Steve, I mean, you have to be an optimistic dude. I mean, think about how many people when you were coming up. We're saying, well, it, it, this is what you think you're going to be able to do with your with your life and your career. And how many doubters did you have? And how many times did you say, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show this cat or wh whoever it may be why they're wrong and I'm right? So you had to maintain an optimistic outlook, man. See, I, uh, Cole Wright meet Steve Smith. Uh, Steve Smith meet Cole Wright. Well, now you know. Now that you put it in that fact, I, I think it, I've been doing this a lot lately. It's sometimes. Uh, you know, sometimes I think we don't realize what the true terminology of of a word is. So I'm I'm gonna see what what optimistic you know a a feeling or showing hope for the future. So that's what optimist op, optimistic is. Yeah, that that's according to. Uh... Webster's. Yeah, I like Emmanuel Webster. Emmanuel Webster's, right? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I see how you okay. did that. Yep. But uh, mm -hmm. since you're in Chicago, let me go ahead and uh, let me go ahead and George Papadopoulos you, huh? Okay. Oh, <laughs> you see that, huh? Oh, a oh Alex Karras. I like that. Yeah. Touche. I, I, I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Yep. Right. Sure. Papadopoulos. Hey. I got to throw the other show in too. Yeah. Punky Brewster. Mm. All right. Okay. What, what was Punky Brewster's dog's name, though? This is our podcast, Cole. We don't have to answer questions. <laughs> <laughs> like we, yeah, we, we make sure we, we we put the questions out here. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's how this goes. There will be no. What was the, dog. was the dog's name? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and normally I would know something. Stupid I know like you that. would. U useless information. <laughs> I did not know on that one. I, I didn't know that. One. All right. Last one. Last one. This this, this is gonna throw you in a tizzy because I know you're gonna be tough on this. All right. Deep dish Chicago style, style pizza or authentic Mexican food from Cali? Ooh. Yes. Well, now, here's the thing, Steve. When you come to Chicago, you, you'll find out as you drive through the city. A lot of people may not know this, but Chicago is the second most populous Hispanic city in America. More Mexican Americans live in Chicago than any other city outside of Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So, oh. Yeah. The Mexican food in Chicago is next level. Really? Now, when it comes to deep dish pizza, oh yeah, there's a, there's a Mexican spot right across the street. I'm here at Wrigley right now. Our offices are right across the street and right next door, two doors down. There's a place called La Mexicana, mm. and every day, like, hey, what you doing for dinner tonight? Tacos, I guess, again, let me get three al pastors, three carne asadas. I probably don't need that, but I, I probably should have just went with four instead of six. But I, I'm a sucker for tacos. However, the, the Chicago native in me loves pizza. But being back that I'm here full time now, you can't just go around eating deep dish pizzas, you know, once a week, even yeah. twice a month. Because guess what? 
you have to get a readjustment on some of those custom suits real quick. Mm. So I, you know, I like to go with the thin crust, cut tavern style, Chicago style. You know, in the mm. squares, you get oh. the butter crust, little sausage, green pepper, onion, and you call it a day. You get the same taste as that deep dish with, with less calories, if that makes any gotcha. sense. Less carbs, man. You know, we're, tr- you know, we're trying to look spelt in, in, the, in the slim fits. Mm. Are you trying to tell me you found a pizza with less carbs? It has less carbs in the deep than dish. What? Oh, I, mean, okay. I, I do go extra large, Lou Malnati's, thin crust, well done, so it gets that extra little crisp on it. But I feel like I haven't ordered a whole bunch of thick crust since I've been back. Like, if I go to my mom and dad's house and they're like, my mom's like, oh, we're, we're going to get pizza tonight. What do you want? She'll go with deep dish. But even her over the years, my mom and dad, they, they've even gravitated towards the thin crust. It's, 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 so, not, it's is, just so heavy. So is, so what's the difference between deep dish Chicago style and Detroit pizza because they're kind of t- 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 for the untrained eye. Okay. They look the same. Somewhat, but Detroit style pizza, they make it in those in those square pans. And I, I, I heard this just not too long ago that the reason they make them in square pans is that there was a surplus of those pans at whether it was GM or Ford, yeah. and one of the automobile manufacturing companies. And so that was like the oil pan? Them, they gave no... Uh, no, it, it was actually a whole bunch of where they pre-greased. Nut, nuts and bolts <laughs> and, all <the> small, <laughs> and all the small pieces. So they had a whole bunch extra. So yeah. they gave it to a place and they started making pizzas in those pans. Gotcha. And that was the birth of the Detroit-style pizza. But there's no sauce on Detroit-style pizza. They put cheese all the way to the edge, and then they pour the sauce on, on top. top. So yeah. that's, that's the biggest difference, though. So, good. So, so is it fair to say that Detroit and deep dish Chicago-style is a bootleg version of Sicilia? It is the bootleg version. I feel like Detroit-style pizza is the great value of, of pizzas. Like so it's it, like it, pizza it, it, on layaway. <laughs> like, hold on a second. I'm gonna come back next week. Let me get let, a few bucks let me get my cheese out. and dough, but the the sauce next week. Yeah, it's it's if Chicago style pizza, if if they're Transformers, Detroit style pizza, they're they're GoBots. Cole, the Tigers just texted me. They said uh, <laughs> they don't need you up there at any point in time soon. Yeah, it'll be it'll be all right. I didn't plan on going to the anytime soon, anyway. So we'll be all right there. What uh, Chicago is one of those places. Uh, if you ever been in the summer, uh, you're used to it. Uh, I, I've been to Chicago a number of times, but I'm always shocked when I walk around there because I never really come in the summer. And I'm like, man, this is a place that I need to come all summer. Still haven't gotten one still, of the best. Still haven't gotten there. Tell me why Chicago is a fantastic place to go in the summer. I mean, all you have to do is just go back and look at Kanye lyrics. He said, what, what did he say? It, it, it feel like Atlanta. It feel like L.A. It feel like N.Y. Summertime shy. Ah, and I throw you. I mean, that's that's all you really need to know. I mean, summertime in Chicago, block parties. I mean, the, the weather is fantastic. This this summer we had, I mean, an unbelievable stretch of weather, but barely any rain. Wow. It just felt like every day you'd wake up and it almost felt like it was L.A. type weather. Mm. And Steve, I mean, you know L.A. has some some pretty solid weather. Yeah. When you can go uh, down and, and get mail out of the mailbox in, in the middle of December and just some gym shorts and that's it, some flip-flops, you know you're doing everything right. And the, the weather so far this year, and even all the way into September, we're almost in October, and I'm sitting here at Wrigley Field in, in some khakis and a, and a golf shirt. I'm like, man, I wish I would have wore some shorts out here. It's, I mean, mid, mid-80s mid right now. So, it's, so I, I can't here, complain, here, man. And here's my problem. The way you just you proposed this, you know, my son was he played briefly at DePaul. Okay. And so you know, DePaul's in downtown. Absolutely. Okay. And the way you just summarize Chicago, you summarize Chicago kind of like the place I played in Baltimore, where like the Inner Harbor. Yeah, it's nice, but your ass can get robbed too. <laughs> like you, you just, I feel like you, you can get you can get robbed anywhere. Nah, I not mean, the way, not the way they robbing you in Baltimore and Chicago. There's now. levels to this. There's levels yeah, to that. <laughs> it's it's almost like when the winter time comes, like Cat Williams said, yeah. you can get your coat yeah. or here from here. I, I feel like it, it's. And I feel like there's a myth perpetuated sometimes. You know, I mean, you Cole, see Cole, things that go. Cole, boy, stop, stop lying. 
I, I've never been right. You know what? I, I take that back. I did get my car broken. <laughs> Here we go. When I, when I was going to get some dinner. Exactly. Uh, you know, went to a fantastic Italian restaurant. Yep. Came back. And you got. You, so, so let me. T- you know, so let me. So let me. Expl- was, so you went to an Italian restaurant and came out with an Italian job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they did a number. I felt like that. Ed Norton. And Don Cheetah were driving off in Mini Coopers after they after they just lifted everything out of my car. I, I like his movie ref knowledge right there. That was nice. Yeah. You, you know, the funny thing about it though is that I feel like it, they, they were amateurs because they, they didn't even get all the best stuff. I mean, they, they got my work bag with the computer. They got a watch and some cash out of the middle console, but they didn't get my baseball glove, and they didn't get my scooter. Where was that? Where was that at? In the back, in the back hatch. Your, your scooter. So, Come on, Steve. You don't have an electric scooter to get wherever you need to go in the back of the car? Lamborghinis, I guess, don't have scooter room, huh, player? Well, first of all, I don't have a Lamborghini. Oh, okay. <laughs> and second of all, when I was in Baltimore, I had a scooter. But I didn't put the scooter in, in the car. Scooter? Yeah, I had an electric scooter. See, here's the thing. Okay, so our offices are right across the street from Wrigley But I, I our, lived our downtown, so I would just drive my scooter everywhere because I didn't want to pay for parking. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, think about it. By the time you get in a car, out of a car, sit at a few stoplights, you're going to get somewhere quicker with a scooter than you would. But you got the scooter in in the the car, though. In the back. I got the the third row. It's laid down. Scooter always there because we have to park about two blocks away. Okay. I'll tell you what, there's nothing worse than getting done with a late game that went maybe a rain delay, extra innings. You walk to the car and you pat your pockets like this about some man i left my keys on the desk so then you have to walk all the way back yeah. two blocks go back and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna take the scooter that no one uses at my house that's my scooter in the first place <laughs> i'm gonna take it put it in my car and i'm gonna ride it into work every single day yeah. so i ride every day from the parking lot to our offices and then i just park so it let, and charge it in my office let me ask you a dad question okay What's up? don't lie when you have forgotten to charge it, who's the kid you blame for not charging it? Me. I blame myself. Because okay. it's funny. Because my daughter, she came in the house the other day. I was sleeping. I had a day off. And she came in and she's, she's, Mom, I fell off the scooter. And my first thing was like, hey, that scooter was in my car. Why did you go and take the scooter out of my car? And she's, her knee and elbow were scraped up. And I'm like, guess what? I'm like, you know how many times I scraped up my knee and elbow? I'm like, get after it. And keep it moving. And, I, and my wife was like, well, she's hurt. That's, that wasn't like, very she's, optimistic. She's, she's a catcher. Yeah, that wasn't optimistic. That wasn't very optimistic. That, you didn't give her hope. It, 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 well, I was hoping that she would be a little bit tougher in that situation. Yeah. That's the kind of hope that I was trying to provide. I'm like, you're a catcher. I'm like, say, if you if you take one and off, off the shins, I'm like, you got to be ready to go. If this would have happened during a game, you got to be ready to so that, a little bit of dirt on that, it, that, and you'll that, be good. That didn't it land very well with the wife, did it, it? It did. My wife was like, but my daughter, she got it. She's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm all right. I'll be good this weekend. And she was. She was. Oh, okay. The only bad thing about this yeah, story she got, is. She got the blame for, for I'm like, hold on a second. You took the scooter out of my car, and you almost messed the scooter up? Come on now. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at cut to it on Instagram. What about Twitter? At cut to it. Facebook. Cut to it featuring Steve Smith Senior. What about online? And you can follow us at cut to it podcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Question. Um, yeah. I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it podcast.com. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. 
get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where are you from and a place you call your hometown? I'm from Chicago, man. Okay. I mean, I, I know being from the suburbs of native Chicagoans that grew up inside the outline of the city they're like well you're not from chicago you're from the suburbs but you know when you move all around the country people ask where are you from you know i'd tell them chicago or i'd say you know aurora illinois you know you've seen wayne's world aurora illinois public access tv channel six there really was no public access six with wayne and garth on it but i am from aurora illinois you know i was born in joliet i spent all my junior high high school years out there and you know it's being being able to be back home and work for a team that you know, I, I grew up cheering for, you know, mm. my, my dad, my mom and I, we came, we came to Wrigley Field and came to games. And even when I graduated college, I lived like 10 blocks away from Wrigley. And we, we would do whatever we could. If we knew some people you know, that, that waited tables with us, that worked at another establishment, we'd say, hey, can you, can you get us some tickets? What can we do to, to come to games? And mm. the fact that now I get to come, I mean, my, my badge will get me into Wrigley Field when on days where it's closed. Mm. You know, my, my agent came to town and, you know, my, my general manager, Marty, we brought him and his fiance brought him across and there was nobody in the field and it, it was crazy for, you know, for a place that you know I, I used to you know cling to for the rare opportunities where i get to come to and now i get to you know i, I can't say I, ha- I have my run of the place but it's pretty cool yeah. to see how things have changed over the years and i'm sitting here in the, in the press box when it's it's, fa- it's family day for season ticket holders and i'm sitting here talking with you i i, I envisioned it because i tried to stay optimistic but sometimes you just don't know you don't know where that path is going to actually take you and for this path to bring me back home. And Steve, you and I talked about it, you know, before I left the NFL Network. I'm like, Steve, I'm like, you, you, you dealt with things from a business side in, in the NFL. I'm like, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think I should do? And, you know, you and I have had some long conversations about it, man. So for me to be able to come back home and, and work for the team that I grew up cheering for and to have my parents so close and, and be be able to be in, in my daughter's life every single day, I mean, it's, it's pretty special, man. So a Chicago kid coming back to the shot, being able to work for the Cubs, it's, it's, it's pretty surreal. I know for myself, I, you know, there are times where because of where in the sports world that you don't really appreciate going to Wrigley Field, every week I'm in a new stadium. I'm in a new city, in a new hotel. But I get to see, as they say, how the sausage is made. <clears throat> because I'm at, you know, a game that's at, a game that's at maybe 8 o'clock at night as an announcer or an analyst or part of the pre part of the pre pregame halftime and post game you know an eight o'clock game man I'm, I'm there at sometimes two two thirty right we do 30 minutes of, of, of television then I'm off and then I got you know a couple of hours and then we back on and we back on locked in from probably two o'clock till midnight. Man, it is extremely hard sometimes to really sit here and go and appreciate 
the stadiums, the access that we have, that people pay hard-earned money and sometimes give up mortgage payments to experience. And we got badges that that on off day gets us in. Right? Yeah. But the pandemic really kind of put us in that space where you kind of like, you, I didn't really miss it as much because it was it, it, it became such a daily routine. You know, it, it's funny you make mention of that, Steve, because I was just talking with uh, one of the guys who is, is a new employee with the Cubs this year, and he's still in college. He's the the voice of Wrigley Field. His name's Jeremiah Paprock, a young brother who's you know from Chicago, grew up as a fan of the Chicago Cubs, and you know we did the the. Q&A with, with the season ticket holders and uh, the president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, right downstairs. And before everything got ramped up, I was telling Jeremiah, you know, one thing you never want to lose sight of in this business is that how privileged and, and lucky we are to be able to do what we do, because there's only a handful of, of cats that, that get that access and, and get that interaction with some of these guys. Like, you know, the fact I'm sitting here chatting it up with you is is just is something that, you know, you a lot of people take for granted. And when, when you think about it, we, we get to go to these ballparks. We get to go to these stadiums. We get to go to these special venues. And a lot of people want our jobs. And Steve, like you said, when you were playing, like not, as, as long as I'm on the field, and as long as I'm getting after it, not today, not, not taking that job today. So that's kind of how I like to look at it as if it's a privilege. And when some of those things, when they don't excite you as much, when it's not a big deal to be around the Hall of Famer. Like I did a show the other day where we called it Icons of the Ivy, where we had five the five living Cubs Hall of Famers, Ryan Sandberg, Fergie Jenkins, Billy Williams, Lee Smith, and Andre Andre Dawson. And we sat in a room and we talked for two and a half hours. We made a whole bunch of different shows out of it. And I feel like there's some guys who might be like, okay, this just comes with the territory. It's the job. It's what I do. But the first number I ever got to pick on a baseball diamond was number eight. That's Andre Dawson. And for me to be able huge. to come in contact with those guys, it, it's, it is a big deal, man. You know, it's it's I feel like it is a privilege. And we're rewarded for, for our, you know, what we do in our services by, by being given the key to the franchise, so to speak. Yeah. But I, I feel like when, when people start to lose sight of, of how special that is, but just think about it. I mean, you were, you, you were there as a player. So I feel like sometimes it, it's lost because you're there to accomplish a certain mission, a yeah. certain task, and you're going out there, you're trying to rip the heart out of the opposition. That's what you're trying to do. So you're not really sometimes focused. You can't. You can't things. really. You can't take in the festivities. Like you That's can't, right. You, you, I, I you, think now, Steve, as, as you yeah. would agree with, I'm sure you get to take a step back and and see those fans cheer for you, in addition to the guys on the field. And like I said, I just, I just, as a, as a kid who spent you know more more times than not in in the principal's office, to, to be able to sit here. And, you know, and, and be able to do what I do, I, I feel like I never lose sight of it. And I, I'm always appreciative. And I, I feel like having that relationship with my parents and how, to see how proud they are, mm. I, that's one of the reasons why I never lose sight. And so, I, every, every once in a while when, I'm, when I feel like, okay, not, a, not that big of a deal, wow. my mom will tell me a story how, well, someone came into work and, and she was telling them how, well, that's my son on the TV show before the Cubs come on. So I, I think that, that that puts things in perspective for me and it, it makes it, 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 it makes it just that much better. And so, I feel like so it, let me, it really makes you want to go out and get after let it. Let me ask you, what is, and I, and I want to give true essence of the authenticity of your job. So what is the good and the bad of your job? When it comes to you know, the good and the bad, I feel like there's good and there's things that aren't as good, not, not necessarily bad. Yeah. I feel like it's just things that come with the territory whether it's, you know, especially with baseball, because it's not like football. It's, it's a game where there is no clock. Yep. And it, you're, you're, at the, at, you're at the mercy of the, the tempo of the game. And you know, when you do 162 of them, as opposed to 17, you know, in years past 16 games, you know, you're there and you're waiting and then, okay, rain delay. And then, okay, a rain delay game just turned into extra innings. And, you know, a game that was on track to be two hours and 45 minutes has now just extended to, to four hours and 36 minutes mm-hmm. and sometimes you get home a little later than you would want to but I said it, it all comes with the territory because at the end of the day you get to go out there and I get to talk about baseball and I get to talk about something that I know I like to think very well and whether it's that or whether it's still still doing football stuff you know whether whether you know I'm out there making picks for FanDuel or you know jumping on the podcast with you guys I, I feel like there 
I always like to think about it. It's like I always say I'm, I'm not laying bricks or running the jackhammer mm -hmm. because those jobs is, is the certain skill set that our job requires. Like the, the only reason we have calluses on our hands is because we like to get to the gym. We're not doing any real hard work. I mean, it's like I said, it requires a certain skill set. But I mean, I mean, there, there's hard jobs out there. Well, you know, well my, my dad, my dad sold cars. And he sold cars in Chicago, sold cars and sold insurance. But in the wintertime, guess who cleans all the snow off the cars? The salesman. Yep. And when I got done with when I got done with college, I had a bunch of clothes for my internship, dress clothes. And I told my dad I was still looking for a job on TV. And one day we were driving somewhere. And I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to sell cars until I get that first TV job. And he's like, oh, really? Okay, that's, that's interesting. So, so where are you going to be living at? And I was like, huh? He's like, you ain't living in my house selling no cars. That's messed my day. He's like, you ain't living in my house selling cars, man. And so, I think it's because he knew what went into that, how hard that was. There's ups, there's downs, there's ebbs, there's flows. And he did that so I didn't have to, you know, essentially, if that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Oh, you know, it, he, he, he crawled so I could walk. It you know absolutely I mean? makes, no, it absolutely makes sense, Cole. And I just want to challenge you one second and not, <clears throat> you don't need to sell yourself short or Steve short. I know the hard work that you put in and he puts in behind the scenes. It's not like you just yep. walk into that stadium and just start talking, right? You, do, you know, Sixto yep. Lescano, we go back to old school players. You know, some of those nice. names are hard to pronounce, right? You got to know your stats. You got to know in a 3-1 count his tendency is to throw a changeup. I mean, so you got to do your work. It doesn't matter what job you're in or what profession you do. You got to be good at it, Right. You got to love what you do, no matter what you're doing. When you went to sell cars, or if you were going to sell cars, your father was trying to teach you a lesson like, yo, you're not just going to go out there walk around in some dress clothes and some Ferragamo shoes and act like you're somebody. He was going to make you yep. get after it like every other salesman to put your dues in. So you guys do work hard. And as a fan of baseball and a fan of football, when I sit back and I hear you guys are like little kids, because you're so excited to go to work every day. You know, Steve's so excited to go to work. It's refreshing to hear because on the outside looking in, some folks are like, oh, Cole's got it easy, right? He just got to go in there and talk about baseball. So to hear you guys be so passionate about what you do, it's really cool for our listeners to hear that, man, I still love this. I don't have bad days. I have some days not as good as others. But it's really, really cool to listen. And and one question I want to ask you on back, what drove you to baseball? Like, you know, I'm sure you were like all of us. We all played multiple sports as, as a child. And But what set in your mind like, hey, I'm going to go give this a shot and be part of baseball? I mean, for me, it was just you know, growing up in Chicago. And I feel like you don't see it as much with the kids, whether it's Chicago or even in warm weather locations. Kids don't play in the neighborhood as much. Like, that's why the travel teams, they, they practice and have to put in so much individual work because there's not a field where, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten kids get together and play a pickup game of baseball. Like when we were kids, okay, right field's out. You know, two dudes had to go home because it was dinner time. Yeah. You know, they, don't, they don't have that anymore. And I feel like for me, you know, I always we change sports when the seasons change. I mean, you played wiffle ball, you played rag ball. You know, if you could find yep. a place where, you know, you could get out and play a little hardball in the neighborhood as a kid, that's what you did. And then when it, the, the, the leaves started to change, guess what? We were playing tackle football, no pads. And, and my, my boy Lisher's Mahomes in his side of his uh, the side yard of his house. And then once it got cold, you, know, you were you went sledding. Yep. And then once once all the snow thawed out, you were playing basketball. I remember specifically like dri playing dribbling a basketball in someone's driveway, and there's still a frozen little puddle, and you dribble on and it breaks the ice, and then the basketball's wet, and you got to dry it off, and it just it seemed as if our seasons changed with the seasons like mm -hmm. i feel like the the leaves on the trees were the indicators of what sport you should be playing in the neighborhood at that time and for me i didn't i didn't know i was going to be this size my, my mom is five six my dad is five ten i'm, I'm six four 220 pounds I, I i sometimes look back and say man if i would have known i was going to be this size maybe i would have taken football a little more seriously but i feel like baseball for me that was the sport that i really picked up because i could as a kid i could swing it you know, my defense was terrible, but guess what? Like, I'd be that dude. You talk about playing right field. I remember in Little League, I played right field, but any runs that I let through, chances are I was going to get us a few extra. And so you, you tell me your war was back. pretty good? Your war was pretty good? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I, I mean, it, it was all right, but I feel like it was the uh, it, it was the, the the offensive firepower. Like one of my buddies, 
he got drafted by the Red Sox and played. He was in double A for a long time behind Nomar. And, you know, when, when we were on the same team together, I mean, all we did was win. And we had a bunch of hitters on that team. But I feel like at a young age, defense comes. When you see a, a kid that is, is well beyond their years defensively, mm-hmm. that's special. But I feel like the one thing that the most important thing, you know, when you're you know, be playing your Little League years up until like right before high school, I feel like if you if you can handle yourself in that batter's box with that stick, all to everything takes care of itself. And I feel like that was my biggest thing for baseball. No matter no matter how bad my glove looked at times until I really dedicated and, and made sure that I was a, a sharp defensive player, I feel like the bat was always there. And it's all we did was play wiffle ball and, and just play in the neighborhood. And then when we when I moved, we go find a broomstick, you tape it up, and then we play fast with the tennis ball. Yep. We play, play stick ball. I mean, it wasn't the traditional stick ball that you see cats playing, uh, you know, out in, in the Bronx or whatever. But it was our suburban form of stick ball. You know, we got out there, we had our broomstick, we had our tennis ball, we played on a tennis court, and we got after it. So I feel like that's that's what it was. I just love playing baseball. I mean, I, I, maybe I would have loved football, or maybe I would have loved basketball as much if I would have been as as solid or had the same skill set. But I, I did it at that point, and I think that's why baseball for me was always the one that really was the clubhouse leader. Man. So, so your parents. Was, were they any drive for that, or was it all relying on you and watching you navigate which sport you wanted to do mainly? I, I feel like my parents, they, they are, they're they huge baseball fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mom and dad, gigantic Cubs fans, but I feel like that's all a byproduct of them going to baseball games from the time I was six until the time that I was done. Until, until the day that they told me, well, you're no longer playing baseball. But my, my, one of my, my mom and my dad, they were there. Like the, the last time I, I was able to pitch competitively was a tryout. It was a trial for the San Diego Padres. And I had, you know, I tried out earlier in the summer at a camp and one, the Illinois scout told the guy from Idaho Falls, you know, we really want to see you pitch. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a packet, an information packet. So you had to also sign it all up and then send it back to them for the tryout that was in Chicago, right outside the suburbs at an independent league field. And I sent it back the day of the deadline. This guy calls me back, says, don't even bother coming. You know, you, you wait until the last day. I bet you're the kind of cat that sends his taxes in at uh, wow. April 15th at midnight, which at that point in time, I was. <laughs> he was right. You know, I was, I was that guy that used to, you know, put put something off today that, that could be done tomorrow. Uh-huh. You know, it just seemed as if that's where I was at as, as a youngster. And then when I was, wasn't able to go, that was on a Monday, and I was still flying back home anyways. So I said, you know what, if I'm not going to be playing, I'm not going to be pitching competitively. I'm just going to get back in the gym and start lifting because mm-hmm. you know, when you're in college, that's, that's, that's what you're all – if you don't have to you know, tailor make your routine to just to be sports-specific, you're like, okay, we're going to get back in the gym, be ready for the summer. That's what I did. Eventually, I went back home that day, and at the end of the week, found out that they still want me to go to that tryout. I lifted weights heavy all week long. Wasn't able to get that velocity up yep. there. It was you know well below where I normally was at. But it's just that when you think about all the things that happen, do things happen for a reason? I'm a firm believer in yes. Yep. You know, say I, if I would have been 100% loose and would have thrown 93 to 95, which I, I could have thrown on any given day, you know maybe things would have changed. Maybe I would have gotten picked up. Maybe I would have been a draft pick the next season. Who knows? Like there's all, all those intangibles that you never really know about. So. You know, just I feel like being a guy who's able to you know hitch his trailer to the game of baseball. I feel like for me, that, that was that was the best for the overall development and the maturation process. Because when I first got my first job, you know, I mean, I, I remember getting pulled over. My my driver's license was expired. I called my buddy who owns a restaurant here I used to work with. I'm like, yeah. hey man, I'm like, you guys got any bartending openings? Because I think I'm, they might be getting rid of me. Wow. So you <laughs> so, really thought yeah. that was it? That was just from speeding. Yeah, you thought I, they were going to let you go. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I don't even think I, I ran a stop sign, but the fact that I didn't, my, my, my license wasn't up to speed. You, 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 you had all kinds of stuff going as, on. Yeah, as a young kid, I mean, and, and it wasn't because you were negligent. It's because you didn't have the money to go get all that stuff renewed. You know, it's like, okay, if I got to get a, get my driver's license renewed and get a new insurance, that's going to cost this, that, this, and that. So you were processing everything. You were processing yeah, it all. You had it all exactly. done. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, so then you think, like, so what costs more? It's like having to deal with that ticket. Or having to pay all this, and then you just make these these ridiculous like youthful decisions. But like I said, everything always happens for a reason. I feel like you know, by the grace of God, everything has helped out and worked out for me. Good do it, good do it. Let's get down to it. Good do it. Hey Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? 
Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a t-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk get vaccinated but but nothing when grandma speaks grandson listens 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma diabetes or chronic heart disease or 65 plus you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia continued approval may depend on a supportive study don't get prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. You have talked about your dad being a a car salesman. Car salesmen back in the day came across a certain way. Now that's your pop and your snickering. That's your pop. But when I read car salesmen, my mind goes to you know you know me me and you are very similar. You know on TV you gotta you always gotta quick thinking, right? Man, when I read car salesman, my mind went a hundred miles in a number of directions, and I'm not trying to. You know, I know you well enough, you're not taking it this way, but when I hear car salesman, I think of your dad, but I also see you. How was it being raised by a car salesman? I feel like, you know, one thing that my pops always said to me, and I feel like there is that connotation where, okay, you know, car salesmen, they're, they're, they're slicksters. They're, you know, they're always trying to put, get one over. Or yeah. it's, and my pops told me this, man, and I remember as a kid, and it was always, it was huge to me because he was a top salesman. He sold Buicks when I was a kid coming up. Mm. I remember he was one Oldsmobile, of the top salesman. Huh? He sold Oldsmobiles too. Yeah, Oldsmobiles, yeah. Buicks. I mean, my mom, had a sky, my mom had a, a Skylark. Buick Skylark. Okay. Delta 88. Four-door or two-door? Uh, it, was, it was a four-door, and she had a faux Miss Flow on the license plate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was clean? It was super clean because we rode on the bus for about Seven oh, years, so she saved up for that. So I know you were ready to, get to be to be rolling in that Skylark when you when, when she got it. Yeah. The, the thing my pops always always told me is that everyone always thinks that the car salesmen are trying to get over. And my dad said to me, "I don't I don't make things up. I don't I don't tell lies because if if you if you lie enough, you're going to start thinking that's the truth." And you're going to forget what the actual truth is. And when someone corners you on it, you have to be, and then you'll be, uh, uh, uh. It's like my dad said, don't, don't tell, don't go out there and tell any lies. Because if you do that, you're going to get caught. So I feel like he was a car salesman. And he was, a, like I said, he was a top salesman. I remember him having billboards around the, you know, the, or the area I grew up in outside of Chicago. And 
I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. My Absolutely. Spaces on a billboard for selling all these cars, and, and I just think that that was his approach. You know, don't 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 tell any lies. Be honest, and do that in everyday life. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you if you're you know dishonest or not not forthright. So people are gonna know that, man. And I, I think that that comes out, and people know. You, I mean, Steve, you work with plenty. I mean, how many phony cats have you worked with? Whether it be in, in, in football, on, on TV, and media afterwards, and you're like, yeah, that's how they are on TV. But yeah, I'm cool with them. I'm, I'm cool with them as opposed to I don't really feel like doing anything with them because they're not really who they come across as and who they appear to be. And I, I like to think that I come across as genuine because yeah. it, it, it is just me, and, that, and that's what I do. I do do I love covering football? Yes. Do I love covering baseball? Absolutely. And I mean, I was goofed around. Like I, I know how to wait tables and do, and do what I do. And right. And, you know, so I feel like that's what set me up for what I do now. So I was able to wait tables. And I feel like when I could give any advice to the youngsters, they always ask me, what should I do? I'm like, well, when you get done with school, I'd almost say, go, go get a job waiting tables for a little bit, especially people that you know went to school to be on TV, because I feel like a table, is almost like a, it's someone that you're interviewing. So mm. some tables want to talk more. Some tables want to talk less. You're going to have those interview subjects that, you know, you're going to ask, you're going to ask them a question. Hey, great, great game today. You know, what, what did the game plan look like as you know you got ready to go into battle? Well, it was. They'll give you a one-word answer, or they'll keep it real short. So you have to be ready mm. to always fire off. Yeah. And I, I just feel like it's just all those little building blocks. And I, I said it started with my dad, started with my mom, and my mom instilled in me. You know, don't anything you start. Make sure you finish. Make sure that everything is, is is done the right way. And if you do everything the right way, you don't have to worry about looking over your shoulder. Mm. Cole's live at Wrigley right now, so when you hear this podcast, you hear some background noise. Just want to make sure everybody understands where he's at. I remember we worked at the Super Bowl together when it was in uh, Atlanta. And I remember look, looking uh, at your notes. And on your notes, you had done the research of how many street names – in the state of Georgia, had the word peach in them. And you had, like, researched it. Why? So many, so many people think, and I get all the time, oh, people tell you what to say. So many people think that we are given things to say. Yeah, we are given topics to talk about. But our research, our ins and outs, uh, uh, the meat of the conversations... Are, are all generally organically made up by production meetings and also arguments that happen in production meetings based on whatever topics the analyst or, or host or co-host are really passionate about. Yeah, and I mean, and you know too, sometimes when you're in a, a pre-show meeting, if you say too much as an analyst, maybe another analyst might 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 jack those thoughts. Oh, absolutely. Ooh. Oh, there's some Ooh. there is some stealers of stuff. I've had there, a guy there and, most definitely is. And I'm not talking about Michael Irvin. Everybody would assume I'm talking about, right? I had a guy one time on a when I was interviewing and doing a live show, we did the we would redo the whole we would rehearse the whole show before the show. And my man oh, no. took my line from the pre-show meeting. And when we did the rehearsal, I was stuck. Like, yeah. stuck. I was stuck between my pimp hand game was strong because <laughs> that individual was on the right of me. I'm like, this dude took my line. Do I slap him? Do I make something up off the cuff? By the t hell, and we were still going. So it was only really like a three-second conversation, but it ended up being 13 seconds of me not saying anything. <laughs> but once again, like you said, I, I wrote down all those streets with Peachtree. Yes. How many different streets? When we, when we did the Super Bowl in, in Minnesota, I tried to get – I had a printout of all 10,000 lakes. And I was going to, as the week unfolded, I was going to try to get in a mention of every single lake. Wasn't able to do that, but that's what, that's what I was trying to do. And, and you know, it, it seems as if, like you said, when someone steals that nugget of information or, or something doesn't go the right way, when you have extra stuff in your back pocket, 
that's when it becomes easier when you have when you've done all that extra yeah. research when you you don't have to get ready when you stay ready like i said my favorite quotation yeah. and it's if you have all that extra stuff and you have auxiliary information i feel like it just makes it that much easier to do your job and, and bring things up when it comes to conversation points so how about i got the here's how i got the guy though you ready so we so we went live and in rehearsal he got to go first when we hit live i got to go first reversal boy i took that thing i said it and looked at him but it was originally yours anyways though right i know but it was it was always good to just snatch something back that was rightfully mine then looked at him your turn sir oh it was amazing if he had them ten thousand lakes written down he'd have had something exactly yeah i, I remember steve working in it we had an uh, assignment a meeting a pre-show meeting with another former wide receiver and he was he was very tight-lipped during during that meeting and he's like I'm, we got done i'm like you, you didn't say much i mean it's, you, got, you have more to say than the show he's like oh yeah i just didn't say much because i knew that cat that was sitting off to my left i knew if i said too much he's gonna write down notes and he's gonna say the exact same thing he's gonna try to beat me to it so it, it's it's funny when you, when you talk about that and just and getting ready and being prepared and i mean you know you put it you put in the work and it's it's just like when when game day was right around the corner when you had to get after it on the field of play you knew that guess what if that route doesn't work sometimes i gotta i gotta improvise yeah. and i feel like yeah. it, sports and, and and broadcasting i feel like they do go hand in hand and i don't feel like you necessarily had to be a former athlete to do what we do because most of us that at least are in my role were not former athletes to a certain degree you know they they some did not play in college some did not play after college and you know some somewhere they knew that they that their trajectory was okay i'm running the school newspaper when i'm in seventh grade and in high school i'm I'm part of the school TV, uh, you know, TV station, whatever it may be. Yeah. That, that wasn't the case for you or I, Steve. I mean, we were, I mean, you were a whole lot longer than I was, but I was trying to find out how I can stay in sports on the field as long as possible. And then once that time expired, how can I still stay close to the game? I, I thought about being an umpire, but real talk. I thought about going to Wendell State Umpire School, and then I, I thought to myself, well, if I'm back behind the plate and I can still throw harder than dudes out there on the mound, Am I going to be calling games the right way, or am I going to be a little bit of a hater, be a little salty? A hater. Because I didn't get my shot. Hey, hold on, no. What's the name yeah, of that school? Lie. What's the name of that umpire school? Wendelstead. Harry, <laughs> Harry Wendelstead. He's an old-time umpire. Yeah. And he, and, no, I, and just, I love the fact that you just had that, like, hey, you got a piece of gum? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here you go. You just had that yeah. locked and loaded. Always. Last question, man. If you could change one thing in baseball heading into 2022. What would it be? I, I would change just the overall approach. Mm. I would. I, I wish a lot of these dudes would say, you know what? Launch angle, exit velocity, who cares? You hit one out, great. Who cares how hard it went out or how, what the angle was? Yeah. All I need to know is did it, did it leave the yard? Absolutely. I'd like to see a, a more consistent approach league-wide. You know, I've, I've worked with too many Hall of Famers or too many guys that have 2,000 or more hits, yep. and none of them tried to swing up. Like, you see all these hitting gurus and all yep. these guys are saying the first thing you need to do is snap that elbow up. And Ryan Sandberg was telling me a story just the other day where they were in Cooperstown, and they were all talking about the, 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 the subtle nuances of the game. And at, in this conversation, Robin Yount said, well, all the things that these guys try to do today is exactly what I was trying not to do. Yeah. Like, you don't want to yep. lift that elbow. You want to keep that elbow, keep it in, and take that top hand to the ball and keep the head on it and just a level swing. The longer you can keep the barrel of that bat in the hitting zone, the better opportunity it gives you to put the hit a ball on the line. You let it travel back, you have two strikes. I, I would like to see swings look different from even the most accomplished hitter. A swing with two strikes should not look the same as your swing with zero strikes. And that's what I see all around Major League Baseball, whether it's on the last place team or a first place team. I'd like to see a little bit less of it. You know, what's interesting is it, my, my son Boston was playing baseball for a little bit and and one of the things he was not really, I thought, he, he, he was not a heavy kid, right? So he doesn't have, he doesn't have the weight of, um, of his pop, right? So his backside, he ain't, he ain't carrying a lot. He got uh, no batal, actually. Um, no booty <laughs> at all. Right? He said no batal. <laughs> and, but one of the interesting things is because of his speed, 
he really worked – his co- hitting coach really worked on utilizing his speed to just get on base. But yeah. while he was playing baseball, they was more concerned about hitting. You know, he, he needs to hit h- harder. And so that one of the interesting things that I, I, I sent him a thing on Ichiro when it came out a couple of years ago, which was, man, this is the type of player that you can be because this is a dying breed, a guy that can place the ball on any piece of the baseball diamond. Yeah. Where you can hit the ball in any hole. Because let's be honest, baseball players are not really active. They they, they are not really trying to run all the time in the outfield. And I just find it interesting that they don't really emphasize getting on base is more of getting home runs. So you'd rather yeah. get out swinging for the fences than get on base because the last time I checked, it's about the team with the most points. Yeah. Well. No, and it's it, our, our announcer, Bucciambi, who just jumped on with the Cubs this season, man. I mean, I know you've heard many a game, whether it's college football or, or Major League Baseball. He's a defined broadcaster. And one thing he said that's always stood out to me, it's, it's a run scoring contest not a hit contest yep. so that's that's one of the biggest things it's like it's it's all about how many runs you score and how can you do that and everyone always says well you know you're giving yourself up a sacrifice bunt or stealing bases that's you that, that's that's an out x amount of times and once again it's going back to all those numbers are you going to use Analytics. all those numbers to your advantage yep. or are you going to sprinkle them in and i say sometimes outs in baseball that's baseball currency you have to spend out sometimes Absolutely. in order to score runs. Yep. Yeah. And if, if you have to lay down a bunt, and if you have to get things down and to get those guys, get them on, get them over, get them in, that's what needs to be done. And like you say, Ichiro, I mean, he, he could hit bombs, but he, he said, you know what? I'm going to see, I'm going to rack up as many hits as I can. If you want to shift one way and you're going to allow a big hole on that side, guess what I'm going to do? Let it, let it travel back a little deeper in my stance. I'm going to poke it that way. If I see the defense has shifted that way, I'm going to do it like this. And I think that's a that's a that's a bygone era. We don't see that as much in baseball, and it's it's sad to see. Because and we we almost don't even rallies are fun. Bunts look like look like smash line drive hits in the book, and if they right. score runs, even better. Yeah. Well, hey, appreciate your time, brother. It was cool. Have hey, fun, man. Anytime, man. Thank you, Cole. Anytime. It was, it was a pleasure getting on talking with you guys. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent, and most of all. You're lovable. (laughs) Cut to it with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut to it LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut to it, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, Talent and Booking Manager, Joe Fushi, Social Media Team, Wesley Robinson, and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator, Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Got my PrevNAR 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But But nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.